The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We've learned to hide our true feelings and emotions from the view of the outside world for fear of being seen as weak, undeserving, or not enough. While this strategy works well for a while, many of us are realizing it is not a sustainable way to continue living life, especially when there is so much that we want to achieve, create, and contribute. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shameen Sadek. In this program, you'll hear from Shameen and her guests about what it's like to face these fears head-on and courageously share emotion, vulnerability, and experience in service of creating connection, resilience, and extraordinary results. Now, here's your host, Shameen Sadek. Hello, and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shameen Sadek, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I was listening to the show opener just now as it played, and I was thinking about how um, this journey of life and becoming who we are and continuing to grow and develop and evolve, how it's been playing out for me in the last few days. I had the opportunity last week to spend the week with a group of leaders in a leadership development program, a corporately sponsored leadership development program. And I was doing this for the third time. So it's an annual uh, program, and I am the first uh, uh, faculty member that comes to work with these people in their nine-month program. And the two times before, I had used a workshop that I had learned from someone else, and I had worked really hard to perfect that workshop, to do it just the way I was taught to do it. And there are all these rules around what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do this and that and what comes next and what order things should go in that I had internalized. And I'm not sure if the people who taught me really knew that um, they were saying these were the rules, but I was taking that in as if this was the only way that I should uh, conduct myself in this particular training. And this year, I decided to do something different. I said, I think it would be enough if I, instead of striving so hard to do it the way someone else says it should be done or the way that someone else does it, what if I was able to actually deliver this in my own words, from my own heart, as a reflection of the way that the work has taken hold in me and offer it to this group of leaders that way? Well, I did that. And while it'd be nice to say, yes, it was fantastic, it was well-received, and all of that is true. What I really appreciated more than anything was that there were a group of people who were there. They are the the main faculty of this program. They are the ones, that the co-directors, and there are coaches in this program who hold this group of leaders through their nine months. And those people are what just were the icing on the cake for me. These are colleagues, I, again, I've known them for three years because I've had the pleasure of working with them three times now. And 
What I was appreciating most about them, in addition to the firmness with which they held the container of our work, the support and unwavering support that they offered to me, especially as I was doing this a new way and was feeling a bit, hmm, not uncertain, but just not sure how it was going to be received. And what I appreciated most about them is that these are people who themselves hold themselves as a work in progress. So I was noticing that, you know, I I think I'm younger than most of them. I believe I am. And I always have felt uh, through my journey in my recent, like last 10 years of my work life, I have felt like I'm younger than everyone else. And I look up to these people who seem to have achieved something, uh, some stature, some some recognition, some respect in this work. Uh, And I often have projected onto those folks that they must be perfect, they must be finished products, they must have it all together. And so it was very inspiring to be in the presence of people who are extraordinary leaders in and of themselves, just extraordinary human beings. And in our... Uh, leadership world, we would say these are people who have a center of gravity at a later stage of adult development who can still hold themselves as works in progress. So a small example, we had an opportunity to um, adjust midstream on the second day. Things had taken a little longer than I had expected, and we had to make some choices. And instead of uh, holding firm to the agenda or coming in with a rigid sort of perspective, we talked together myself and the two co-directors about what what the trade-offs might be. And it was just so lovely to see that they were willing to consider my perspective, they were willing to consider their perspectives and put it all together. That's what I mean. A willingness to think beyond the box, a willingness to think beyond our own perfection, and a willingness to accept that there may be one or more ways in addition to the way that we envisioned. And so it's just a, an absolute pleasure to be with them. So that leads me to our topic for today, which is tuning the instrument. And it is really about how do we tune the biggest instrument or the primary instrument that any of us have is ourselves. So let's begin with a short uh, meditation together just to ground ourselves. If we're going to speak about tuning the instrument, it seems to me that we should start with a little bit of instrument tuning. And so I invite you to bring yourself to a seated position as we have been in past weeks with your feet flat on the floor and your palms down on your legs and just take a few moments to settle in, let your bottom drop into the seat. Um, Sit in a dignified and upright position, but it doesn't have to be too stiff or formal. And just maybe roll your shoulders back and down and... I don't know if you need to shake your arms or wiggle around a little bit to get settled as I do today. That's great. And we'll just take a few breaths here together and then I'll introduce you to our guest and we will launch the conversation about tuning the instrument. And so just bringing your eyes to either closed or half-closed, gazing at the floor four to six feet in front of you, wherever feels comfortable, and just breathing in through your nose, And out through your nose or your mouth, whatever feels good for you. Good. And taking another breath in. And exhaling. Just coming to center. 
getting grounded, getting centered, letting yourself really be present to this conversation. And as you sit and breathe at your regular pace, imagine that whatever you were doing right before the show, you just leave that at the side for now. You can pick it up later. You don't need to worry about it in this moment. Just let it be there. Good. And imagining that your feet are getting rooted to the ground. Maybe there are some vines or, or some, some light beams or tree trunks. <laughs> Imagine that they're growing out of your feet, rooting you into the ground. I guess that's what I need today is to just get a little bit more grounded. Good. Nothing to do or change. Just see if you can make that connection to the earth. Yes. Good. And we'll take two more breaths here together. At your own pace. And one more. And as you exhale, just move your body from side to side a little bit. Maybe wiggle your fingers and toes. You might do a big stretch, stretch your arms up overhead and lean from side to side, just gently moving yourself. And bring your eyes to open. And we'll continue. So I'm delighted to introduce you to my guest for today. His name is Danny Arguetti, and he is a yoga teacher trainer. Well, he's a yoga teacher and a yoga teacher trainer, nutrition and health counselor, wellness educator, and lover of the environment. He is the author of Nourishing the Teacher, Inquiries, Contemplations, and Insights on the Path of Yoga and, and his second book, The Six Qualities of Consciousness, Practical Insights from the Tantric Tradition of Yoga. Danny is passionate about supporting people to flourish in our modern-day world through well-being education. Oh, music to my ears. And Danny joins us today from Chicago. Welcome, Danny. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. So you were in Chicago teaching, uh, was it a teacher training over the weekend? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm co-leading a training here at the uh, yoga studio that I work for. It's called Yoga Sticks. Mm. And how was that? It was lovely. It was, um, I always love the beginning process of the training, just to get a group of strangers together and then uh, just the amazing alchemy within uh, 48 hours. There's more comfort. People are talking to each other. There's been some uh, depthful sharing mm-hmm. and uh, and lots of learning as well. We definitely um, sometimes describe the experience as being in front of a fire hydrant and being sprayed by the water because there's lots of info to go over. Yes, yes. I I have that experience when I teach sometimes too. I look at people at the end of the first day and they look like they've been drinking from that fire hose. Um, but then they settle in and, and things smooth out a bit afterwards. Definitely. Wonderful. 
So I, um, it's interesting. You're the first guest that I've had on the show whom I'm not personally acquainted with. And I always have some kind of story about how I met the person or what they mean to me uh, to start. And though I haven't met you in person, I do have a story. So if you don't mind, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll share this. Um, sure. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> and this, I, I didn't tell you about this beforehand, but anyway, here it is. Um, I was so delighted to receive an email from you after one of the shows where you said um, what I was talking about resonated and and uh, would, that you'd be interested in, in joining me on the show one day. And then you so graciously sent me a copy of your book. And I was reading your book, and I haven't, I, I think I mentioned to you that I haven't finished reading it yet because it's very rich and it's very robust, um, The Six Qualities of Consciousness. But within the first few pages, I found myself saying, yes, yes, yes. And I was so delighted to read how much resonance there is. You know, I'm in this world of leadership development. You're in this world of, of yoga and wellness. And, and I was amazed at the parallels and the things that we had in common. And so that prompted me to reach out to you and to ask you, uh, yeah, let's, let's get together. Let's join, let's join on the show and talk about something. And here we are talking about tuning the instrument. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I, um, as I was telling you, when we were talking, just uh, uh, hearing your voice and your presence and your energy, because uh, part of the yoga conversation is attuning to that sensitivity of energies. And I so resonated with you and just your presence, your uh, your ability to guide a conversation, and and of course the topic matters, just being. Um, being of, of the same flavor that we talk about, that I talk about so so often in um, in training environments, and then just in the way that I uh, strive to live my life. So I, I love that more and more of this conversation is actually getting beyond you know that that it's, you're doing it in leadership development, and I know other people are doing it in other arenas, and um, because it is such a, a larger conversation, and it needs to be infused in more places in our society. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'd love it if you would tell us your story. Um, Talk about how you came to be interested in this work and um, and what, you know, I mean, we want to hear about all the good things that have led you on this path and maybe some of the challenges as well. Okay, yeah. Um, So, I mean, I started to explore the uh, physical practice of yoga partly because I didn't enjoy going to the gym. Mm. And that was uh, around the year 2000. My sister suggested that I go to yoga class and try it out, so I did. And uh, I was very impressed. that I I just love the practice. I love the non-competitive aspect. I love that I can move at my own rate and honor the unique expression of my body. And that I also really enjoyed that I could build strength uh, with my own body weight, not necessarily have to use weights. Um, and then also appreciate the creativity of the practice. So I really enjoyed moving in different ways that I had never moved before. So really started from that place, and then uh, really was confined to a physical practice for the next three to four years. I got into more intense, vigorous yoga, and then um, eventually ended up at this uh, retreat center in western Massachusetts called... Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health, mm-hmm. and I did a three-month immersion volunteer program, and um, that's when a lot of more things started to open up where I recognized that 
a lot of the teachings of yoga were about uh, attuning the instrument of the body uh, to become more sensitive to the choices that we make. And that uh, started to expand my horizons also around food and um, uh, around, yeah, just what, what am I what am I choosing to both ingest in a physical way, but also how am I feeding myself with, um, with thoughts, with, uh, with the people that I, the company that I keep, and, uh, and how those particular choices that I made were either depleting my energy or enhancing my energy. Mm. So um, it was wonderful to have the, the, the goggles taken off of just the physical practice and recognize that there's, so much more to dive into in that respect. I love that. And then that. from there, I really um, kept on evolving. Of just, uh, I never thought I would be a yoga teacher, but just did this training because I was uh, there at the center. So did that and then started teaching and then uh, eventually ended back up at the retreat center and started leading more workshops, um, started to learn how to facilitate experiences for people. And... Um, and then eventually started leading my own trainings. So wow. that was um, that was the journey on the yoga front. And then definitely through that whole process, I felt very uh, gratified to um, to definitely have challenging moments. Uh, in 2001, I uh, lost my uh, little sister. She died in a skiing accident, oh and that God. was definitely a very defining moment in my life where I was like, oh "Wow, there's." a whole lot of other things going on in the world and um, uh, had six months of being in a bubble of despair and then a realignment of, I really wanted to, wanting to live my life in a richer way and also to make a greater impact to give more uh, from that, from that process. Wow. Let me pause you there um, for two reasons. Uh, One, just to mark what you've just shared and to say, um, my heart is with you. That uh, that loss of your sister. It's uh, just just want you to know that when you said that, uh, it just my heart just um, I don't know opened or felt something there. Uh, that I appreciate you being willing to share with us live on the radio. It's a very vulnerable thing to talk about, and as well because we are actually at the point where we need to take a break. But it feels like a good place to pause. And then we can um, hear more about your story when we return. So let's take a break. This is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Thank you so much, Danny Arguetti, for being with me and opening your heart and sharing your, your journey with us. We'll be back in a moment to hear more. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Hello, I'm Shamin Sadiq, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering, and it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. 
At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision, results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit anjaliedership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to anjaliedership.com and let's get started. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliedership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm Shamin Sadik. And our topic today is tuning the instrument, and with me is Danny Arguetti, my guest and the author of The Six Qualities of Consciousness, Practical Insights from the Tantric Tradition of Yoga. So Danny, before the break, you were telling us about how your journey led you from yoga as an alternative to the gym into something that is much more deep and um, pervasive through your life uh, than you probably expected when you started. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And we were at a, a tender moment where you were talking about the loss of your sister. And I, I sense that, that at that moment you began to see life through maybe some different lenses or a, see a broader perspective. Tell us a little bit more about that and what happened next. Yeah, so definitely that was a point where um, just the world really shifted, where I was just mm-hmm. questioning, like, how could this happen to such a young little being with so much ahead? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I recognize that, that just it, it is part of existence. That's what happens. Things begin, things end. And uh, it really just made me appreciate... Uh, I don't think I appreciated life as much before. I was very much... Um, caught up in the, the experience of myself mm. and uh, image-wise, how I looked, the car I drove, and uh, that was definitely a, a shifting point to, um, 
become more curious about the inner journey, and uh, and that's where I feel grateful that then yoga really showed up in a in a deep way to facilitate that that internal exploration, which which then led me to a better external expression of my life. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. You know, I'm, I was writing something down as you were talking. I was saying the turning point from the ego-identified self to, um, you know, in, in, my, in my circles we talk about this as, well, we use the, the, the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell's mm-hmm. um, hero's journey notion to sort of uh, normalize this, this, what sometimes happens, but also uh, it's, there's a stage development transition that happens at that point and then that inner exploration and that being willing to look inside realizing that there's actually so much richness there that you know we we just didn't know about because we were so busy worried about what other people thought and how we looked on the outside so i appreciate yeah, that as a, a major moment in in your life yeah so, you know, the other thing that's coming up for me, there are two things coming up for me, um, and I don't want to miss them, so I'm pausing you for a second in your story just to, to circle back to one other thing, and that is, you. I, I named this um, episode Tuning the Instrument, but I noticed that as you've been talking about it, you've been using the word attuning, and I love that, because I think that even that, for me, represents the difference between, you know, two different ways of looking at things. One is I, I have an instrument and I can tune it. Another is developing the inner attunement to be able to learn, to be able to listen, to be able to inquire. Um, so I just, I noticed that you said that and I didn't want to lose that because it's, it's very powerful to me that you've been using that word. Thank you. And second, yeah, I yeah, no, go ahead. Say something about that. I, well, I just, I love the metaphor of the human being being an instrument and then um, you know, because I feel like in our culture we do, we take so much time uh, and effort and money to maintain physical things. And again, it's important. Like everyone should take care of their house and their car and their bicycle. But um, but I find that it is a little bit rare that there's, uh, or just not as prevalent that we were, were paying attention and um, getting educated on how to uh, to line up and and yeah, and you know, tweak and make those little shifts and changes that that attune the the instrument of the body. So then we're we're more lined up with the intel- intelligence of life because the intelligence of life has been here a lot longer than human beings have. I think sometimes we forget that piece. Right. Right. Exactly. The other thing that's striking me is that you say that you you came into this um, this world of yoga and this um, inner exploration only about fifteen years ago, and now I see that you know you have two books, and I was looking at your website, and you've got you know it looks like you've got a lot of um, great things that you've stepped into as a result, and so I was also just acknowledging to myself, oh, that's awesome. To you know, come that far in that amount of time, and to have created what you've created so far. So, um, yay! Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us more about how all of this that you've got going on today came into being. Um, well, I mean, so much of it, you know, uh, I have so much gratitude for teachers because I was mentored really well, and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I really, I really love that, you know, as, as opposed to like the, 
I mean, I think there's a there's a healthy competition that we all need, but um, but I just felt so blessed to at this retreat center, Kopalu Center, I was uh, sitting in and supporting yoga teacher trainings for so long that I got to be immersed in the experience and just see how to facilitate experience and to also support people for their own awareness and transformation. So I feel very, very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, and just like community that's, you know, I, I wouldn't be here without the power of uh, friends and community. I mean, my, my friend Katie Brower, she's the one who invited me to move to the West coast, um, San Diego and, and work with her to, um, to lead, uh, trainings there. So, um, uh, Super grateful for that as well. Um, I think that's and then also, I mean, right... Go ahead. No, go ahead. You were going to say something. You go first, then I'll comment. Okay. Um, and uh, just also the uh, writing process, I feel like so much of that was... Um, although, yeah, I, I feel like I almost didn't choose it. I mean, for my first book, I woke up one morning and I was just like... I have to do this. It just it was an inner spark of, of I must write on this topic matter. And, uh, and then the same thing with my second book. I, I took a, uh, about five, five or six year break in between. And then it was, I woke up one morning again. It was like, okay, I've, I've gathered there's so much information, both um, uh, book knowledge, information, being studying with my teacher, but also uh, lived inquiry information, and then it was that spark of I have to write this down. I want to share this with the world. Mm. Wow, this is what I love about the to- the topic came out of our conversation uh, a few days ago, where I-, I was noticing that when I looked at your website, that you'd written this book called Nourishing the Teacher. And that was actually what grabbed me more, not, not more than anything else, but it really stood out for me when I looked at it because I think that sometimes when we are a teacher, when we play the role of teacher, we can forget that we're also learners. <laughs> we're not, we don't know everything at that point just because we're occupying a role. And I, I so appreciated your willingness to um, put a call out in your community that teachers need to be nourished. Teachers need to nourish themselves and keep growing and learning as well. And so when, and then to hear you um, offer the gratitude for your teachers and the community that held you as you were in this process and as you still are in this process, it just, all of it has this ring of, um, of self-awareness, humility, uh, knowing that you're a work in progress. And these are things that, quite frankly, I admire and am inspired by and also I try to live by and also I struggle with because I forget all the time that I'm a work in mm-hmm. progress. And uh, uh, I think I forget a little bit less frequently now than before, but I still find myself with my coach every two weeks um, getting a reminder that I'm, I'm not actually supposed to be perfect or don't need to be and I'm not finished yet. So I just yeah. I love how that is the I know that your 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 context it seems to be um, uh, a higher one than that, but this subcontext underneath is a very strong thread for me that I I feel and resonate with. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, this it, it's the backbone. I feel like it is the backbone of the teachings that I write about, and it really is the backbone of how I live, because um, from the philosophical perspective of the Tantra, which is uh, the, the school of thought that I'm really steeped in, is, is a Tantric perspective. But it is this piece of um, if we're not evolving and growing, then we're stagnant, then we're, I mean, we're literally moving towards the plane of death and uh, and what a gift to be able to it's this beautiful paradox right which I love of like can I step into the fullness of my confidence and say like yeah over the last 15 years I have done a ton I've had life experiences I've had educational experiences that have got me to where I'm at and I can sit in the confidence of those experiences but then also um, to always be open to learning I feel like the teachers I respect more most are um, they're brilliant individuals. They own their power, but they're also the most humble people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And the teachers that I've always, you know, that I've had like this inner stirring of red flag, I want to run away right now. It's those people that they take the seat of power, but the, the humble piece is lacking. And for me, that is a very big, like, it's a big danger sign of, like, oh, I don't, I don't feel comfortable here because it just feels like it can very much, very quickly derail um, to a place where I, I don't feel safe mm-hmm. because there isn't that openness. There isn't the willingness to uh, receive the mirror because someone holds it out in front and, and learn and evolve from that. You're reminding me of a time when this is when I was learning to be a coach, and I was I was taking coaching. I had taken some of the coaching training, and then uh, had the opportunity to go back and be an assistant in the classes. So it's a wonderful opportunity. You volunteer your time. You get to be part of the leadership team of the of the training, but you also uh, get reintroduced or see the the training through a different experience because you've already experienced it the first time. So I took full advantage of all these opportunities. And um, so I was in a, a class with two leaders, and I noticed that one of them was sort of dominating the other one. And I, it was bothering me because in my work life, previous to becoming an executive coach, I was like the other one. I was the one who would always get pushed around or because I'd never stand up for myself, and I would you know, let people railroad me, and I was so concerned about being nice that I wouldn't um, sort of stand up for what I... I wouldn't speak my truth necessarily, or I'd speak it in a very kind of wishy-washy way. So I didn't like the way that this one leader was dominating the other one. And at one of the breaks, I took the opportunity to give them some feedback. And the, the, the message was, um, we don't want your feedback. We just want your, your job is to love us, not to tell us how we're doing. And boy, did I feel um, like leaving like I wasn't wanted, um, discarded, and totally would never, ever work with that person, ever. Have nothing, you know, want nothing to do with her because that is just, that's just not what I stand for. So I, I, I get what you're saying. You know, it feels unsafe. It feels uncertain. And I actually had um, a terrible experience for the rest of the weekend. I'm not blaming her, but I'm just saying it didn't contribute to a safe container for me in the role that I was in that day. She might have been a brilliant teacher, but but she was not a brilliant um, coach as far as I was concerned. If she couldn't take some feedback and and accept that even if she didn't agree with it, maybe there was a sliver of truth, uh, then um, it's not someone that I'm really interested in working with. 
Well, I think that there's also so much courage, you know, there's so much courage that that someone needs to be able to do what you did to, you know, to be able to, and I really, I always look at it as a gift of, that's why I'm, I feel so blessed. I have one of my other best friends, her name is Kobe Kozlowski, and she is, um, she always has the courage to step up and, and hold the mirror um, for others in her life, and she's done that for me as well, and, uh, um, I really, I, I love framing it in this idea of like what you did. You were offering a gift, and that gift was refused. But, um, but what, what a beautiful thing if more people had that courageousness to step up and say, like, "Hey, did you ever know? Did you know? Did you ever notice? Do you?" And because and a lot of people are just oblivious of it. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's something to you know the person who's speaking that truth. Um, you, you know, I may not have been the most skillful in that moment because I wasn't accustomed to. It was new for me. But they had been training me in all of this all along, so I was like, okay, I'm going to put this into practice now. And I may not do it perfectly, but, you know, I think as well. I, I work with people, a lot of the people that I work with are struggling with that very thing. How to either, how to either offer the feedback in a way that um, has no charge associated with it, so it's not contemptuous or blaming or sarcastic, um, but how to, and then how to receive it how to receive someone's feedback and, with grace and to, even if you don't agree with all of it, to say, well, what part of it will I look at? So I think that yeah, I agree with you. If there was more of that going on in the world, wow, wouldn't a whole bunch of things be different than they are right now? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to go to a break in a couple minutes, but before we do, I want you to tell us all um, uh, how to get in touch with you how to find you, and then when we come back from the break, I want you to tell us a little bit more about what's in this book and, and some of the, maybe you could share some of the frameworks that are in so if people are interested in reading it, they'll know what, um, what they're in for. Okay, wonderful. Um, well, yeah, the easiest way to get in touch with me is definitely through my website, and it's just uh, my full name, so it's uh, Danny Arguetti, uh, A-R-G-U-E-T-T-Y dot com, and... Uh, there's a contact form there and lots of resources and lots of info. And I'll just uh, add to that that I went to your site and I was so happy that you had those yoga classes or yoga vignettes on there that I could, again, if I had, if I had carved out more time for my own self-care, I would have actually done an entire one. But, I mean, what a, what a generous gift to put something out there that somebody can right away start using. So I thank you on behalf of uh, all of your website visitors for your mm-hmm. generosity. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go to break. And when we come back, we'll hear more from our guest, Danny Arguetti, on the six qualities of consciousness. So this is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. We're taking a break, and we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hello, I'm Shamin Sadik, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering, and it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. 
I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision, results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit anjaliedership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to anjaliedership.com and let's get started. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at anjaliedership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. This is Shamin, and I'm here with Danny Arguetti, and we're talking today about tuning the instrument or attuning your inner self. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about my own journey just to keep you posted with um, where, where things are headed with me, and then we'll jump back in and hear more about Danny's book. Um, changes are in the air, <laughs> uh, and I don't know exactly what they're going to look like, but I wanted to share with you that, um, that things are, are shifting for me, and, and they're not shifting away from anything. They're shifting towards a broader Context, a broader container, maybe a larger container to hold my work in that feels um, beyond just the, the box called leadership development and executive coaching and really want to be able to offer you all that I care about, all that I'm passionate about, and, and to do so in a community-minded way. So just, just stay tuned. Uh, listen in to the show. I, I'm doing live shows from now till the end of the year, I think, pretty much. I don't think there should be any replays. So the news will, will definitely be here on the show. And also, if you want to uh, receive a newsletter from me, I do write a newsletter uh, not as frequently as some others, 
but I only write when I have something to say. And since I'm speaking to you every week on the radio, I find that I have less to say in writing because I have this opportunity to share everything live and in the moment on the show. But you can go to my website, anjaliliadership.com, and just scroll down until you see the button that says sign up for the newsletter. And just sign up there. The newsletter is called Joining, and that way you'll be in the know when there's something more concrete for me to announce. Good. So I hope to see you there on my list. Now, back to Danny Arguetti, and tell us more about your book. I, I have it here in front of me. I love your book, and I know that there are some strong frames that you are holding from the Tantra tradition, probably, and others. Um, tell us more about what's inside. Okay, yeah. Um, well, uh, just to, uh, in case people are not sure about the tantric uh, uh, reference, it's the one stream of philosophy that is in the yoga tradition. And I know a lot of Western people often associate tantra just with sexual practices. And although there is definitely a, a conversation around sensuality and passion, there's really a lot more to um, the tantric teachings and tradition. But more than anything, beyond philosophy, what I love about these six teachings is that they're really nature-based teachings. And I, I often say when I guide people is that nature is my biggest teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, you can find these six ideas in the macro, in the micro, and um, they're everywhere. They're infused into the human experience, into the natural world. And for me, that, that makes it really relatable because I feel like there's often philosophy out there that's just uh, a little bit too esoteric for my taste mm. because I'm always curious about if how can I apply it into my life. If I can't really apply it, if it's not really going to support, uh, as, as we've been talking about, tuning uh, the, the instrument both inside and out, then I'm I'm less interested in it. So um, the book is broken down into, uh, of course, the six main chapters, but I also write a, uh, an introduction that really talks about contemplative practices and just um, uh, awareness as uh, an amazing, useful tool. And I feel very grateful that we're in a, an era where it's getting more attention and, and more um more spheres of society and more studies have been done on the potency of uh, creating a pause, of stepping back and uh, responding more and reacting less Mm -hmm. to our life circumstance. So um, I'm really, I'm a big fan of science and just to corroborate things scientifically. So there's a lot of references to studies that have been done uh, in the introduction and then from there, it's uh, uh, conversing about the six qualities, the first one being intelligence. And um, it is just, for, I get blown away. And just the, I get awestruck very often. And um, both the human body, I, I find absolutely phenomenal uh, from the way that our immune system functions to, you know, like digestions. Dig- how many people would want to volunteer to uh, instruct the digestive process, which would, by the way, take about three to four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's all, all done by itself for us, which I think is brilliant. Um, and then I talk about uh, this idea of freedom and just that's the second quality of just how we can, we are empowered beings and we really have so much more choice than we often 
recognize we tend to imprison ourselves um, with our self-limiting beliefs. So how do we reclaim that um, place of, of empowerment through choice? And then the third quality is really um, a lot of what we've been talking about today. I often talk about it as evolving perfection. So it is this, this piece of um, we're already, we've started whole and perfect, but just like everything in the universe and in the world, we continue to evolve and grow. So can we hold that paradox yeah. of being in, in both places at once? Mm. So that is the third quality. The fourth one is about community. And, um, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but just the, the reminder that we don't have to do it all on our own and that we are a part of something uh, greater. We belong to a, a bigger web, whether that be family or, um, you know, larger nature as well. Just the... The impact that our choices have, but um, but also this ability to ask for help. I know for me, uh, I don't know if this has been something for you as well, but I've always had a very hard time asking for help. I've always been in this mind frame of I have to do everything alone, and you know I, I have to. I'm a perfectionist. I gotta get it right, and um, it's been a it's been a real vulnerability to to ask for help and also collab collaborate with others. I just want to say, since you mentioned it, uh, but yes, that is definitely hard for me too. I last night I was I was feeling a bit overwhelmed because I'd been gone all week, and then I had this busy weekend, and my kids were coming back last night from their dad's place, and I was feeling like I wasn't ready, and I was looking at my calendar, and I was just getting all overwhelmed, and my house was dirty, and finally, you know, I started to sort of freak out a little bit, and my partner was noticing this, and he asked me a very good question. It's a very good question to ask me at a time like that. What do you need? And then I, I realized I need some help. I just need help. If you could, could you help me with one of those things? <laughs> if you could help me with any of one of those things, that would be great. But it never occurs to me to, I mean, it's, it's becoming something I consider now, but I don't consider it before I kind of fall into that um, woe is me place. Yet, I'm on the journey, but yes, it's a hard one for me, too. Yeah, definitely an ongoing practice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we've got interest, so freedom, evolving um, perfection, community, and there are two more. Yes, so the fifth quality is abundance, and it is just uh, this idea that life really does want us to thrive, both in resources and um, just both internally and externally. So definitely what I love about the tantric path is that it doesn't negate the fact that, you know, the, there's a certain level of materialism is important, but um, and it's going to be probably, you know, at different levels for each person, but um, but also, of course, the internal uh fountain of well-being and richness that comes from the inside. So that chapter really talks about both of those. And then the the final one is um, the one that I feel like takes, uh, I have the hardest time explaining, but it really, it's really, it's what you were talking about earlier before uh, in the conversation of just um, this idea that everything in in the universe and the world is actually in constant movement mm-hmm. and there's this uh, pulsation that's happening and whether it, in so many different ways, the day turning into night, night turning back into day, um, a flower opening and closing, contraction, expansion, and also, as you mentioned, remembrance and forgetfulness. 
So with all of these qualities that I feel like when we practice them help us become more attuned. Um, but, but like you mentioned, it's totally fine. We all forget. We all uh, fall off the horse. And um, uh, this last quality really uh, talks about this process of, uh, of the beauty of remembering, that when we forget, hopefully... You know, we have someone in our lives like your partner or a good friend or um, a, a book or, you know, something that reawakens us and, and a little uh, poke on the shoulder and says like, hey, don't forget that or you've known that but you forgot but it's okay. Like every moment is, a, is a, an opportunity to begin again. I love that. I, I sometimes call it the undulation of life. Um, and I think about it in that way because I, I one of my hobbies is um, Egyptian dance. So there is a, a dance move called undulation, and it's a beautiful movement. And it is about the expansion and contraction, about how something you know grows and then and then contracts, or uh, this open and closed, and you know forgetting and remembering. It's just beautiful. And um, what I love about that is it speaks to what it is to be human because really we all have a set of stories that we tell ourselves and, and we believe those stories and hold them to be true and use them as lenses to look through. But it's amazing what happens when we can remember the, the other truths, um, the truth that we're enough, the truth that um, we are valuable just because we exist, the truth that we're all beautiful uh, even if it doesn't, you know, meet the standard on the outside that, that society might set for us. Uh, these are the truths that are also there, and coming home to those over and over and over again seems to be the journey of being human. Definitely. Definitely would agree with all that. <laughs> so we have uh, just a couple minutes left before we need to bring our conversation to a close. What is the, the one thing that you'd like our listeners to remember to take away from this conversation? Um, really, uh, the main thing that I talk about in my book, or I feel like another uh, thread that really weaves everything together, is that life is a gift. And again, I really connect to that um, just with the experiences that I've had of how precious time is. and um, And I feel like there are so many modalities in Western culture that motivate to motivate us to squander our time. I know, I mean, I was living that life where I really wasn't appreciating, I was complaining, I was um, wasting time on really minute things. And when I look back at it now, or just, um, I'm so glad that I, I, I don't waste my energy on, on this anymore. And really just seeing... For me, when I, when I have this um, flag out in front of life as a gift, it is this constant reminder of every day when I wake up, it's how do I want to show up? And how do I, and, you know, even, even when I have many, many down days as well, but it's this um, desire to, um, to continue to evolve, to continue to uh, learn, to uh, make a greater impact, to offer support, uh, to others that are struggling, that are um, that are setting foot on this path of awareness. So I think uh, the the main takeaway is uh, 
if life is a gift, how do we how do we show up? How do we become more skillful? How do we attune the instrument so we can savor it, so we can, you know, be in the sweetness of the connections that we have and uh, the the learning as well as well as the offering that we're making to the world. How do we savor the gift? Beautiful. Well, I thank you for sharing the sweetness of your connection with me and with our listeners here today and for being yourself and bringing your story to us. It's been an absolute pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it and um, just appreciate all the work that you're doing and what you're offering to the world is super valuable. Thank you. Thank you. So, listeners, I'll be back next week. I have... um, Something special for you, which I will tell you about when we begin our conversation then. Until then, take good care, enjoy this gift of life, and may all of your moments be precious. I will talk to you next time. Until then, be well. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a wonderful week. And remember, we are all members of this great human family. You are not alone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.